celebration. How's everybody doing today? Come on, let's, uh, let's welcome all of our locations. I want to say hello to all of our campuses and locations today as well as those watching online. We are so glad that you're with us. All of our God First Life Network churches as well, those participating in this series with us, we're, we are uh, celebrating Jesus today. And before we get into our message today, I do have uh, an announcement for everyone that attends celebration. Listen, we are kicking off Fuse Core during our 1212 service. So if you are the parent of a middle schooler or a high schooler, uh, that is a great, great ministry environment for your teenager to be in. I want to let you know that at all of our locations, um, we are launching out what we believe is, is going to be one of the best programs in the entire nation on helping students develop their identity in Christ and learning how to live life from the inside out. And this is one of several things that you're going to see rolling out here to our youth over these next six months. And, uh, man, we are going to see a generation, despite all of the pressures from the outside and from the culture, we are going to see a generation that stands for God like never before. Come on, how many of you believe that? And we're going to... So wanted to let you know that's kicking off today at all of our campuses. It's during the 1212 service, so you can make the shift to that service if you have... Uh, a teenager. Uh, wonderful. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to go to the book of Acts. We are in the fourth message uh, of our God First Life series. Last Sunday, we talked about that the only thing that can match the unlimited neediness of your soul is the unlimited love and grace of God. And we're going to talk about how to really access and see that grace working out in your life today. I'm going to Begin reading in Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, this is where Peter is put into prison and then miraculously uh, delivered. Acts chapter 12, verse one, it says, about that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with the sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under, under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for the public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. So while Peter was in prison, the church was praying for him. And then it goes on. I'm going to kind of paraphrase. It goes on in verses uh, 6 through 11. It talks about, okay, the church was praying, and all of a sudden, one night, this angel uh, appears in the jail cell, and Peter's chains fall off, and this miraculous deliverance, and the whole thing's kind of comical. Peter thinks, like, you know, maybe he's asleep or something, and the angel, like, you know, the, the, the chains fall off Peter, and the angel's like, okay, now put, put on your clothes. And then the angel's like, okay, now put on your shoes. Okay, Peter, can you put your coat on? Like, we got to go. It's, it's like this, you know, it's like you're, you're telling your kid, well, you put your shoes on, we got to go. It, it's a real kind of comical uh, deliverance. And I'm going to pick it up here at verse 12. It says, when, when Peter realized this, like he wasn't dreaming, this thing was really happening. He went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for the prayer. So we see that the church was gathering in these pockets of prayer. And Peter goes to one. And so obviously, here, here was the, the, this group of prayer and they're praying for Peter's deliverance. And uh, 
It says, uh, he knocked at the door in the gate and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. Is that hilarious? Can you imagine? Oh God, deliver Peter. Oh God, deliver Peter. Lord, bring Peter up. She runs out. Oh my gosh, it's Peter. Slams the door. Didn't even let him in. She goes, it says, uh, verse 15, (laughs) I love this. And so look, here's what the prayer group that was praying for Peter's freedom, here's what the prayer group said when she said he's at the door. They said, you're out of your mind. There's some faith. (laughs) When she insisted, they decided, okay, it must be his angel. (laughs) Like that's easier to believe than like, you know, our prayers actually being answered, right? Okay. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door, they saw him. They were amazed. He motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said. And then he went to another place. I want to talk to you today about a powerful, dynamic, daily, God-first prayer life. And I've entitled this message, Your Kingdom Come. Your Kingdom Come. Father, thank you for the power of prayer. And I pray today, God, Lord, that we would understand why we pray, that we would see how we pray, and Lord, we would know that our earnest prayers are effective and we can see tremendous results in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. You know, when you talk about prayer, you know, usually you kind of bring up prayer, everyone's kind of like, oh, Okay, we're talking about prayer. And I think the reason that people are sometimes kind of discouraged or, you know, the subject of prayer kind of seems boring is because we have a lot of misconceptions about prayer and we really don't understand the function of prayer and why we pray. Like how, how many of you have ever, like you prayed for something and then you don't see it happen and then you like don't pray for something or kind of like offer up a, a, you know, God bless this and then bam, it happens. And it's so, so like you see this inconsistency in prayer and then maybe, you know, you've, you, you're here at Celebration, we're always talking about having a personal Devo time with God, you know, and so you're like, okay, and you read your chapter and then you go to pray and it's like, you know, God bless this, Lord bless that. You know, you look down at your watch, it's like two minutes and you've run out of things to <laughs> say to God. And I've experienced all those things. But how many of you would like to see this type of prayer working in your life? How many of you would like to see the, the kind of prayer that, that brings liberty to captives, that the things that you need freed up in your life? Wouldn't it be awesome to know that you could offer prayers to God? And just like this supernatural deliverance of Peter, you would see God's supernatural power delivering you from things, delivering your family from things. And so what I want to do is I just want to unpack kind of the purpose of prayer and and, and give us a refresher. And I'm going to kind of walk you through how I've prayed for the last 20 something years. You know, when uh, the disciples, they had this moment with Jesus, he was doing all these miracles and they had this moment with Jesus and, 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 and they went to Jesus and they didn't ask him, they didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach or Lord, teach us how to do miracles. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. And that's because they saw that the power in Jesus' public life was directly related to his private prayer life. 
So let's just unpack this. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to take notes. Let me say this, or let's start with this question. Okay, why pray? Why pray? I mean, doesn't God know everything? Have you ever thought about that? Like he knows what you're gonna pray. He knows all your needs. Jesus even says that God knows all your needs. So, so, so why pray? Well, the reason that we pray is because we have a personal relationship with God, not a personal religion with God. The main reason why we pray is because we have a personal relationship with God, not a personal religion with God. Okay, so watch. You can't know someone that you don't talk to. The very word communion, that's where we get the word communication. You can't have communion if you don't have communication and you can't have communication if you don't have communion. That's how this whole thing works. It's a relationship. It's a two-way street. So watch this. When we go to God in prayer, you know what we're saying? We're saying, Lord, I want you in my life. I want you in my life. God, I wanna know you. I want a relationship with you. I wanna just remind everyone, listen, God, God does not, <laughs> he doesn't want a religious exercise with you. He wants you to come to him as his heavenly father. And by the way, when Jesus on the Sermon on the, on the Mount, when he began to talk about God as his father, that revolutionized the whole way that people viewed God and approached God. And I believe that's one of the reasons why the disciples, like when they heard Jesus talking about God as, as his father, I think that sparked something in them. Like, okay, prayer's gonna be a whole different deal now. This is about a relationship, so they wanted to know how to pray. So why pray? It's because we have a personal relationship with God, not a personal religion with God. God wants to know you. Don't, don't rob God the joy of being your heavenly father. He wants to engage. He wants to interact with you on a regular basis. And then the other reason that we pray is to exercise our spiritual authority that we have in Jesus to exercise our spiritual authority that we have in Jesus. Now, this is a huge misconception in the church, okay? And this is why you pray for things. Yes, God knows what you need, but another reason why do you pray? Because God knows what you need, but watch. He's not gonna do something for you that he's already given you the ability to do. Let me give you some scriptures here. Psalm 115, verse 16. It says, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. He's given us dominion in the earth. This is why God had to come down for Jesus to take back what the enemy had stolen, for Jesus to take back authority from Satan. He, God had to come in a physical body. That's why he's called what? The son of man. He came in a physical body. So because God has delegated authority to men in the earth. And so the awesome thing is now Jesus has all uh, authority in heaven and on earth now. And he's given that authority to us. So when you don't exercise your authority in Christ, you're just, you're just wasting your power. Let me give you some other scriptures here. Luke 10 Chapter 10, verses 17 through 20, it says, the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, look, I give you the authority 
This wasn't just the 12. This isn't special apostolous, uh, 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 apostle authority here. This was to, to the 70. These were 70 disciples here. This is the th- same authority that he gives to us. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. This is a beautiful picture here of what? We pray, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Listen, why do you pray? Because you have a relationship with your heavenly father. But why do you also pray? Pray to exercise your spiritual authority. Jesus is presenting both these things right here. And then now look at this. Here's when we're talking about exercising spiritual authority. Here's where it gets really good. And we can take take it up a notch. Look what Jesus says in Matthew 18, 18. And here's what happened in the context of the story we just read uh, about Peter. Jesus said, assuredly, I say unto you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Peter literally was loosed from jail. And look, Jesus unpacks, here's here's how this happens. He's talking about prayer. Remember, there's individual prayer, there's corporate prayer. Look what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 through 20. He says, again, I say to you that if that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So watch, here's what Jesus is saying. Okay, you have this personal relationship with me and that, that's, that, that, that's part of it. But when it comes to exercising authority, know that you have authority. I've given you authority. But when you come together in a corporate context, and he's really talking about group here. This is what, groups, this is what was going on in the book of Acts. The church was in different groups in the home and they were praying. He says, when you come together, if you'll come together in some type of prayer group, if just two or three of you will touch any one thing, Jesus says, I will do it. And church, I'm telling you, there are so many miracles and blessings just waiting out there for you to take a hold of if you will pray. If Look, if God is first, you pray first. If God is first, you pray first. If God is first, you don't tweet first. You don't Facebook first. You don't text first. You pray first. You don't worry first. You worship first. If God is first, you pray first. And if we will learn how to take our burdens and cares to God in prayer and exercise our spiritual authority. No, Lord, same thing that Jesus said in, 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 in the Great Commission. He says, look, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, and therefore you go. You realize you have Jesus on the inside of you. Do you realize you have power over the enemy? Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So Jesus is saying, look, you gotta, you gotta take the authority that I've given you and go exercise it. How do we exercise it? Through prayer. How do we even take that authority to another level? We do it together. It's just like when I played football, man. I mean, it was one thing when you had to go one-on-one with the guy, that's one thing, but I, I played center. I was kind of small. I had a big old huge guard next to me that ended up playing for LSU. I love the double team. 
I could only do so much one-on-one, but man, when I, when I got two or three and we were going against that nose guard, it was a blowout. God, is, Jesus is saying, if you can just find two or three people who will agree with you in Christ, I'll blow that thing off the line. So it talks about earnest prayer. So let me tell you about effective prayer when we're talking about exercising your spiritual authority, okay? Effective prayer is personal. It's personal. You know what that, it means something to you. That's why when it comes to the, how God works relationally, your kids, your family members, things going on at work, it's personal. This thing with Peter, it was personal to these people that were praying. Effective prayer is personal. It's persistent. Man, we give up so easy. Listen, you gotta keep praying. You gotta keep seeking. You gotta keep knocking. Pastor Clay Baird of Sub 30s preached a great message on this. On Wednesday night, I encourage you to go online and listen to it at 7.30. But man, we've gotta, we gotta be persistent in our prayers. We think, I'm telling you, we think prayers like social media. You know what I'm saying? It's kinda, you know what? I posted it. No, man, there's things going on in the heavenlies. There's, there's spiritual warfare going on. We, you, you, you know, and also the other thing is we gotta stop. Most people, they, they just pray when it's a crisis. It's like no prayer, no prayer, no prayer, no prayer. And then all of a sudden a crisis, then you're like, dear God. Oh God, please, what, watch. Here, here's, you pray, prayer is to prepare you before the crisis. Prayer, prayer gets you ready. So when you hit that trial, you know what? It's just a storm. Jesus is gonna get me to the other side. It's not like the disciples. God, we're drowning, we're, it's over. It's gotta be persistent, man, you gotta keep praying. Look, it's, it, this is huge too, specific. The, the, the church was praying for Peter, watch, that's why we always say, what, two or three specific things? I mean, it's gotta be specific. If you try to pray like, dear God, Lord bless the universe. May everyone come to know thee. I'm not knocking any religion or, or Christian denomination, but I can remember, you know, when I would go to church as a young person and that we would read these prayers and it would be like, yea, Lord, how be it unto thee. May everyone in the entire universe come to everlasting peace in thine heavenly bosom. Like, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean anything to me. You know what means something to me? My friends, my mom, when I, when I, when I see uh, something happen, it's, it's gotta be specific. For, forget, I know, look, there are so many problems everywhere. If you try to go that route, listen, God, God's got it. He needs for you to pray for the people in your life, okay? And for your church, come on, give God, and for your city. You gotta be, be specific, okay? And then also with others. You gotta pray with others. We got personal prayer. This is what we see in the book of Acts. This is the two or three. And I'll say this, husbands and wives, what Carrie and I do for our kids, we, in the morning, we'll grab hands, or two, two or three, touch and agree, Jesus. We pray for our children right now. A husband and wife, but also in the context of a group, you've gotta pray with others. That's why, look, in our God First Life groups, 
I encourage you, find a group. Get in a God First Life group. If you, if you uh, uh, haven't started your group yet, look, start your group this week because one of the most important things about your group is at the end of every lesson. Most of us are gonna be doing life together. Uh, that, that, uh, this lesson this week, look, if you're doing life together, you gotta be praying life together because you need miracles. You have things going on in your life. Look, at, at the end of every single gathering, look, there's, there's closing prayer. Pray for yourself, your group members, things on your heart. What you do is you come together just like the book or, or, or the church in the book of Acts did, man, and you lift up those things, you specific and what's personal to you. And I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, God will answer those prayers. In fact, I'm, I'm given a challenge today. I felt led to do this. I'm given a 21 day challenge. If you will get in a group and equip class something or a group of people somehow, and you will pray for something for the next three weeks and you follow that, you let it be personal to you, you let it be uh, specific, you're persistent about it and you do it with others. You give it three weeks and see if God doesn't do something miraculous in your life. Man, can we pray for our kids for three weeks? Can we pray for what's going on in our city for three weeks? Can we pray for our marriages for three? Man, can we just pray? But prayer's not sexy. Prayer doesn't, we, when, when we think about pray, we just think like, man, I, I've, 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 I've prayed. Well, here's what I'm saying. There's a difference just between prayer and effective prayer. There's a difference between prayer and earnest prayer. And if you will pray in the manner with which Jesus taught us to pray, I'm telling you, you will see the same type of miracles in your life that the church in the book of Acts saw here. So let me just kind of walk you through how I pray and talk about how do we pray. And I'm gonna to go to the, to the model that Jesus gave us here in Matthew chapter six. I've been praying like this for the past 24 years, okay? I pray under the same type of outline every day. Look, J Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray. This is in Matthew chapter six, verses seven through 13. He says, look, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. It's, it's not a religious exercise. There's not a, a time uh, amount or limit on it. He says, therefore, do not be like them. Look, for your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. In this manner, it's important to remember. You know, I understand sometimes we just repeat this prayer, our father who art in heaven. But Jesus didn't say, repeat this prayer. Rabbis always taught in outlines. You know what Jesus has given his disciples? He's given an, an outline here. This is the, I'm giving you an outline of how to pray so that when you pray, your prayers will be effective, okay? He goes on to say, uh, in this manner pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. So here's what I want to do in the time that I have left today. And this is, you can find this in the God First Life book. This is on page 99. I have this in the book on this outline of how to pray. Okay, let's, let's un. Pack this, and I'm gonna kind of walk you through how I pray. And you can pray this 
In five minutes, you can pray it in an hour. You just, you, you'll be shocked if once you follow this outline of how easy it is to spend time with God. So the first thing that we see here, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The first thing that we do is we praise. Here's the first step. When you go to God and pray, you know what? Don't, don't the first, do not tell God about your sins and failures and mistakes, the first thing. You gotta go to God and praise him the first thing. God's gonna get to that. It's like the fourth thing, okay? But he does not want you getting in this self-defeat of all the things that you've done wrong. Look, that's a, Jesus taking care of all that, okay? Our Father wants a relationship. So you go to God and praise. Our Father who are in heaven, look, Father is his name, heaven is his address. In other words, Father, my heavenly Father, you know what, this prayer, it's got an address on it. It's not going up to the karma of the universe. No, it's going to my heavenly Father. Father is his name, heaven is his address. And it says, hallowed be thy name. You know what that means, God, I take your name. And I, I, I purify your name in my heart. I hallow your name. Lord, help me see you correctly that you are an awesome, loving, holy father. I hallow your name. Your name means something to me. It's not just like a common name. I don't use your name as a cuss word. Hmm. If I'm nailing something and hit my thumb, I just say, oh, Jesus. Unless you're crying out to God for healing. Okay, I hallow your name. I just want to say this. I know I'm not trying to get, but look, God is more than the big man upstairs. You know, I'm just going to have a little conversation with the big man upstairs. Yes, he is big, but he's much more than a man. He's our heavenly Father, and he loves us. So we go to God in praise. Here's what we, by praise, watch this. I, I, I have this in the book. Lord, your goodness, your greatness, and your glory. That's what it's all about. And I'm gonna thank you before I ask you for more things. I wanna thank you for the things that you've already done. Thank you already what you've done in my life, in Carrie's life, in our children, our family, in Celebration Church. Lord, thank you for all you've done. Come on, you'll find when you begin to thank God, all of a sudden, what, what? The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And what you do is you set up a throne for God on your heart and God becomes, comes in and exercises his rule in your life. Yeah, give him a hand for that, man. So the second thing is, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. This is purpose. This is purpose. And here's what, this is the key. Watch this. Your kingdom come, your will be done. This is where we submit. Oh my goodness, this is so important. This is where we submit to God's authority because we want his will and his purpose in our lives. When we do this, what we're doing is we're asking God, to come into our life, Lord, we are, I want your lordship in my life, your kingdom come. I want your lordship in my life. Because watch, the Bible says this, submit unto God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. What did Jesus tell the 70? I'll give you all the power over the enemy and all this kind of thing, but to resist the enemy, you first submit unto God and then resist the devil. The problem is too many believers are trying to resist the devil and they're not submitted to God. 
And this is the key, you surrender. I'm not saying be perfect or anything like that, but you in your heart surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus in your life. Jesus, and this is where, man, I pray for all kind of things for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done. But you know what? It starts with me. It starts with me getting right. Okay, Jesus, you're Lord of my life today. I'm submitting to your will, your Lordship. And Lord, now in the mighty name of Jesus, I resist the enemy from me, from my household, from Celebration Church. And Lord, I'll stand on your word that if I'm submitted to you and I resist the enemy, he will flee from me. Lord, thank you for the authority that you've given me in Christ. Come on, can you get, you see what I'm saying? One more thing about that. Remember, Hebrews 6 talks about one of the foundational elements of our faith is repentance from dead works, okay? What is a dead work? A dead work is anything that you have begun to do that God was not in it in the beginning. So because we don't pray first a lot of times, come on, we get into things and God's not in it. So listen, I'm not saying God will show you the way out or what part two is or whatever like that is, but you just have to remember, you've got to repent from dead works, okay? Get God back in there, get under his authority in your life. The next thing is provision. This is Lord, give us this day our daily bread. So this is real simple, okay? Provision comes after submission. What do you do? Your kingdom come, your will be done. That's God's vision for your life. Well, if you have God's vision for your life, then where God guides, he's gonna provide. That's what provision is, right? It's this is God's vision. God is gonna give me everything I need to do his will. So it's very, this is not just food, but this is everything that you need in your life. If you're submitted to God, I'm telling you, two or three touch and agree, I'm telling you, God is gonna give you everything that you could ever want and more. Remember this, God loves you so much more than you love yourself. He wants to bless you so much more than you wanna bless yourself. The key for all of us as believers is watch, Lord, your kingdom come. I'm surrendering and submitting to your authority today. Lord, here's your throne. You are what? First in my life. And God, because you were first, I'm gonna pray first. You were first, I'm gonna pray first. So we have praise, we have purpose, we have provision. Here we go, here's <clears throat> the, the next thing is pardon. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, now watch, this, this is from a relational thing. Okay, this is not from a salvation thing. That's why this is the, the fourth one on the list here. And this is really what this means. Lord, you've shown me grace and mercy. And so I wanna extend that grace and mercy to others. If there's anything you need to get right, get right. It's under the blood of Jesus. But the most important thing, this is why God connects it to our relationships, is look, Lord, the forgiveness and mercy that you've shown me, I'm gonna extend that to others. Why? Because I'm not gonna allow myself to be offended today. What did we talk about last week? I'm not gonna let things, that allow things to creep into my soul like a root of bitterness where I can get defiled. So when it's talking about forgiveness and pardon, it's just about, okay, Lord, look, I might have the opportunity to get offended or whatever. I'm gonna exercise the mercy and forgiveness that you've shown me. I'm gonna exercise that to others. So we see pardon. The next thing is protection. Deliver us from evil. 
Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. One thing to know this, God will never leave you in, never lead you into temptation. He will never lead you into temptation and God will deliver you from evil. This is when I'm praying, you know what I pray? God, I, I just pray, I deliver, carry, deliver my kids from evil. Deliver them from evil. Lord, I pray that you silence the voice of the enemy in my kids' minds. And Lord, let your voice reign loud and clear. God, I pray, I pray for our church. There's marriages, God, deliver them from evil. There's, there's youth, deliver them from evil. Lord, silence the voice of the enemy. God, when temptation comes, let people see that, that that's where this thing is heaven and I, he, heading and I thank you, you're gonna give them a way out. That's protection, man. Exercise that spiritual authority. Then it's, it's cool, it ends with this. Two things here. It says, for your kingdom, Lord, it's your kingdom. Remember, your kingdom come. It's about your kingdom, your power, and your glory. You know what I say? I say, Jesus, this is all for your kingdom by your power and for your glory. Uh, it's not, Stovall is not building a little pathetic Stovall kingdom in the world. Isn't it pathetic when we try to build our own little temporal kingdoms that are gonna burn up? Lord, remind me to be driven by eternity and help build the only thing that's gonna last and bring me fulfillment. And that's your kingdom and your glory. And Jesus finishes it with this. He says, amen. Everybody say amen. amen. You know what amen means? It means so be it. It's a prophetic declaration. Lord, everything that I just prayed in the name of Jesus, so be it. It's gonna happen. How many of you are ready to see that kind of power in your life and in your family? Come on, let's give God a hand for that. Let me call the worship team up right now. Let me... Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray a stirring, the church, a, a stirring for prayer, a stirring to seek your face, God. Lord, I just thank you that as the church begins to pray, like in the book of Acts, Lord, we are gonna see your miracles all over the place. Lord, I thank you that as the church, as we begin to, to pray individually, Lord, individually and corporately, like Jesus taught us to pray, that model prayer of the Our Father. Lord, we are gonna see your kingdom come in our life and we are gonna see your power manifest. How many of you, under the sound of my voice, all of our locations, you just say, Stovall, I'm, 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 I'm stirred to pray, man. I'm, 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 I'm going to the next level in my prayer life. I want you to raise a hand right now. I want you to commit to prayer. It's personal, it's specific. Commit to prayer right now. How many of you are saying, Stovall, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a group or start my group or get in a group or find a group of friends. Raise those hands right now, wherever, wherever you are, man. You got, you got, remember, individual and corporate. Father, you see all the hands raised today at all of our locations, Lord. Jesus, your house is a house of prayer. Help us to pray. God, help it to be effective, Lord. We're gonna, we're gonna do your model, Lord. It's gonna be personal, persistent. God, it's gonna be with others. It's gonna be specific. How many of you would say this now? Just keep with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you say, Stovall, I'm, I'm far from God today. And the first prayer I need to pray is a prayer to Jesus to come into my life uh, and, to, and to save my soul or, or recommit my life to him. I, I need that relationship with God, not a religious exercise, a relationship. I wanna make sure I have eternal life. 
If that's you, would you just lift a, a hand as well wherever you are? And I want to include you in a prayer. Yes, 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 yes. Lots of hands are going up at all of our locations. Raise those hands if that's you. You can put them down. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you raised your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer. I want you to mean it in your heart. And church, let's all say this together as well, just kind of to help those along who are praying prayer like this for the very first time, some of them, and we'll just kind of make it a declaration of faith as well. So say this, say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done. I thank you for forgiveness and for everlasting life. Jesus, you are first, so I pray first. It's for your kingdom, by your power, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So be it, and so be it. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.